Hey, y'all. Welcome to All About the Pod podcast with the University of Georgia peanut team. I am Macy Wheeler, your host, bringing you real-time updates from our scientists, extension specialists, extension agents, growers, graduate students, and everyone in between. Good afternoon. We're back again. This is All About the Pod Episode 27, I believe it is. Um, I'm here today with Eric Prosco. And what's interesting about this podcast, we're doing it on the road. We're going to try something a little different this time because we can't seem to do it in the in the lab. can't find time to be back in our office much. And that's okay. We're out visiting growers this week. I've, I've seen all kinds of situations. Some of those situations are actually no situation at all. They're good. We've seen a lot of good peanuts, uh, good stands and all. But yesterday I spent some time looking at some poor stands in East Georgia and me and Cameron went and looked and talked with some growers and and yes we had some weather issues early in the in the year we're we're I mean earlier in the month we're slowly getting into warmer conditions and we're seeing that we're still having problems with with vigor and in cold situations it's enhanced quite a bit that problem is enhanced right um one thing that we've noticed that even in these good growing conditions if if those seed are of poor vigor they just they're just not coming out of the ground very well so that's that's one of the problems we've been looking at eric what what are we looking at today that's that's one thing you can talk about today so today we actually were in camilla right now dropping off a suspect phenoxy problem on peanuts don't know whether that's going to be true or not but that's what we're looking for but uh Today we were down in the southwest corner looking at a couple of fields of uh, peanut stands and just, just driving around looking at peanut fields in general. And actually, Scott mentioned looked pretty good. So uh, one grower was concerned about his stand and we thought it was fine. And then the other grower's stand was not so fine. And uh, we're trying to figure that one out right now. So hopefully we'll get some uh, uh, information back from the tissue test that we just submitted uh, at Waters Lab here in Camilla. But it does look like something happened in that situation that caused the problem. It does. And that what wasn't related to seed uh, at all or seed quality or valor injury or whatever else uh, everybody might be seeing in the last week uh, sort of associated with the rainfall events that we've had in the cooler weather that we've had. Right, right. Um, you know, and I've had a lot of phone calls about, one, we, we've been talking about it today, blooming just does not seem to be happening at the normal 30 to 35 days. Seeing those first four, five, six blooms, you know, those small plants, we're not seeing it. And talking to some growers uh, among ourselves as well, you know, stuff that's 40 to 45 day, we're starting to see it. So we are thinking that we are behind, which with the cold weather, I would expect that. And I think we've done some some uh, growing the Green Day unit calculations, and we're anywhere from 50 to a what, 100, 100, but over 100? 150, to depending 100, on the location. Depending on location. You know, southwest Georgia is probably not as far off as, as the northeast part of Georgia. So we're, um, we are behind. That's about a week, maybe, um, behind on heat units. The bad thing about that is it's going to be even different than that because it depends on when you planted and how long they stayed in the ground and some other things um, because they're just not growing off very quickly right now. Um 
got a lot of people complaining again. We're here in June. We got still a little bit to get planted. You know, what is this seed quality going to continue to look like? And I think we are starting to see that that seed quality is starting to inch down a little bit more every day. Uh, and so that's something we got to deal with. But um, hopefully we got good weather and hopefully we got some moisture. Um, that, that'll help us out. The um, one thing that we were talking about a while ago, we were coming by some very good fields that were burned with grommets on. I mean, that's for a lot of people, that's a common practice. For some people, it's not. Uh, our questions that we were just talking among ourselves was, was it really needed? That's, that's a good point, Scott. You know, we have used, I guess this is my 24th peanut crop here in Georgia now. And it's very common for growers to want to automatically spray a what we call in South Georgia a Kraken spray. And Kraken can meet anywhere from the time that the peanuts are actually cracking to about technically 28 days after that time. And so the question that I would have or I would get more growers to think about is, do you really need crack and spray. If you do, it's a great way to control weeds and to help us battle resistance because it gives us an opportunity to use Paraquat, uh, which is going to be helpful in our management of resistant weeds. But do you need it is the question that I would ask. We use, uh, according to some of the last surveys that were done, uh, at least somewhere between 70 and 75% of our peanuts get treated with Valor. And if Valor is applied properly and starting clean and applied properly, and then we get it irrigated in or watered in within a timely fashion, and we're tank mixing it with strong warm and it sonal in or prowl or maybe something else, you've got a very good chance of not needing a cracking spray. And especially in fields where if you're getting a little bit more injury from Valor, you probably got good weed control because that means you've got rain on it. Right, that should make right. it work. Uh, but again, I don't want to knock Gramoxin because I, you know, I'm a huge fan of using Gramoxin in peanut fields when we need to use it, not to just say, oh, I'm going to spray, because that's what my father, my granddaddy used to do, or my, my daddy. But put your foot in the field and determine whether your pre-emergence herbicides worked, and then making that decision on what it trigger on Gramoxin. Again, not knocking Gramoxin or Paraquat. We need to use it when we need to use it because it's very helpful in managing some of the weeds that we have like buffalo grass and Palmer amaranth and Florida beggarweed and coffee weed and nine million other weeds that we get here in South Georgia. Well, one thing that bothers me and I've always said too is here we are June 1st. Do I need to set mine back two more weeks if I don't need to? And that's that's the thing from my side of, of the coin is, do I really want to set them back? Um, we had one grower ask a while ago, you know, I got I got a stand, but it's not great. Do I add more seed? You know, I still got a plant. Do I still use six seed per foot, or would it be better to increase my seeding rate? Well, my thought on that is, yeah, you might could do that if you're twin row. You might could do that and go up to eight seed per foot if you were doing six, or maybe even 10 seed per foot just to get another extra plant out there or something, just to give you a little bit 
more potential for some pods to be developed and to you know to, to get you at the end is that a common practice or a common recommendation no that's just me throwing a needle you know or, or a dart at a dartboard trying to say can i help you out because the bad thing about june planted peanuts we know most of the time we're going to be off about 15 percent on yield off the top and so when that happens you know we try to look at other ways how can you buffer that a little bit maybe that's one way to buffer who knows um if i got extra seed why not i mean it ain't gonna hurt nothing um and i know seed costs money so you have to wage that out a little bit the biggest thing is getting a good stand um we don't need to invest in all these these miracle products to try to get a stand or to get a, uh, a crop being produced. It is not going to magically make you more money. Uh, so watch that. I think if you're going to spend that kind of money, we need to spend it on fungicides or herbicides or insecticides. Or a timely irrigation. Or a timely irrigation. Let's let's concentrate on saving what we can and using wisely what we, what we need to. Um, Oh, there's that, there's that field of big solar panels. God, it's hard to see um, a field of solar panels where pivots used to be. It's just crazy. But, hey, we understand that, too. People got to make a living. But um, it's just hard to see. So, yeah, we're out running the road just trying to answer as many questions as we can to kind of help out. And we thought we'd bring uh, bring a few comments and I'll go ahead. A couple other things too just bring up now is uh, today I had a few questions and we're getting close to the time of making a, perhaps a first fungicide application for some fields and so uh, there's going to be a lot of questions about tank mixing herbicides and fungicides and boron. Uh, our, one of our recommendations is to put boron in that first, That's right. first two fungicide sprays to help with flowering and pegging. And in general, if we're not having, not seeing too many issues, say mixing cadre, for example, with some of those materials. But just want to caution people that when you're thinking about tank mixes, that the more things that go in the tank, the more things that could potentially go wrong. And trying to limit those as best you can. You realize that you want to say every time you go over the field, it's costing you 10 bucks to drive that tractor or whatever. You want to save that money for sure, no doubt. Just be careful. Uh, ask questions about the tank mixes you're about to make. Touch base with your county agents. Uh, they have access to some of the information that we have in regards to tank mixes, some of the things that we've seen that are good, some things that we have seen that are bad, uh, antagonism issues, and mixing certain fungicides with grass herbicides, for example other tank mixes. So if you're getting ready to do that, take an extra second and give somebody a shout. Just see what everybody's uh, seeing with a particular tank mix. Well, that, that's good to bring up too is um, you never know, you know, I know we're always trying to save $5 or save a dollar, but if you're trying to save a dollar and it's going to cost you 10 we need to think about that a little bit more. And where we were at this morning potentially could be where we've made a mistake here or there. Uh, potentially. We never know. But I just encourage growers, um, whoever, to double check because I tell you, I've made enough mistakes being in a hurry. 
um, just trying to get our research trials done. So we we make mistakes. I know everybody else can too. We just need to slow down and, and think about it before we do, you know, the major ones. Well, one of the things I was talking about during this winter meeting was problems that I typically see or have seen over my career in Georgia. And I always started off with this, and I wanted to keep that in everybody's mind that you're about to do something and you're not 100% sure, phone a friend. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Like, the, you know, who wants to be a millionaire show? Phone a friend before you finally pull the trigger. And that friend is hopefully your local county extension agent and he or she can help you get an answer. And if they don't know, they have access to the specialist that might be able to help you. But a, a two-minute phone call to potentially save a nightmare than happy to talk to anybody on a Saturday or Sunday if I can keep that from happening. That's right. And and Prosco said we were talking with the grower and the consultants earlier and we're all on a very good friendly basis with all of them and they, they say it all right. We don't want to bother y'all. We know y'all busy just like we are but like Prosco said we have never if you've called us to come and look we've never turned that down. It may be that we can't do it the day you call but we can do it the next day and so we would uh, definitely, definitely try to reach out. Phone a friend is probably a good option, uh, just to get a little bit of clarity, uh, and that that can help us out. So, uh, but our, you know, we still got a little bit of crop here to get planted, and and so we'll get there. I think I saw on the report this week from Tyron that about seventy-eight percent of our crop was planted. Yes, yeah, so I would agree with that. We still yeah. got about twenty to twenty-five. Yeah. And that's because we were backed up by two weeks. And we always have some planted in June, but not not at this level, I don't think, uh, especially down in the southwest. We typically are not dragging our feet as much as uh, I think they are now. So, And I say that lightly. Dragging feet is the wrong word. Rain and the weather has kept us out. They're not dragging their feet, but the rain and the weather has pushed us back. Um, and so... Uh, that's just things that we're dealing with. Like I said, we're behind a little bit on heat units. We hope to get in front of that. But um, as we go along, if you need help fungicide-wise, you know, Bob will be happy to help you or um, insecticide with with Mark Abney or us, one or the other. But uh, but now, uh, any other comments you got? Just, uh, I'd say just keep track of what you're mixing. Uh, try not to use any... Uh, Pesticides that are in unlabeled junk, because that uh, we know that happens sometimes, time to time. They either fall off or melt off or whatever. Uh, just be careful what you're mixing. Uh, mixing problems are some of the most common problems that I see where the, the mistake gets made, uh, the wrong material gets put in the sprayer. Right. So just pay close attention to what you're doing as best you can, and, and uh, if you get in a jam, call in, uh, your county agent and. Try, try our best. Yeah, we just try to stay in in the right road too. We're we're running through the back roads of I think it's Caldwood or Worth County. We're we're getting close to Worth County now. <laughs> taking some shortcuts through the through the world to try to see other other fields and see how it looks. So we're trying to get around and and uh, take a look and see how the crops go. And I think overall we're doing great. I think it's just a, just a little places here and there we're having problems. So. Uh, again, let us know. Glad uh, you tuned in today. Again, this is 
all about the mods, episode 27, I believe, and uh, we'll keep bringing you these as, as we uh, keep coming up with information and seeing what we're seeing out here, uh, or at least we'll provide the information of what we're seeing out here in the fields uh, all throughout the state. So thank you for tuning in.